Good evening. Welcome back to another episode of the QB Spotlight Podcast. We are back from sabbatical. It has been a couple of months since our last episode, but definitely well needed for myself and Steve to recharge the batteries. You know, Stephen is a growing family there. I'm, I'm waiting for, you know, any new baby announcements. Probably uh, might break this on this episode, maybe off air. We'll see how that goes. But as always, Eric Henry, FIU beat writer at SB Nation, co-managing editor, Underdog Dynasty, home for G5 football coverage, alongside Steve Hamner, our quarterback guru, and we're going to welcome a special guest here in a second, but I want to let Steve, uh, you know, bless the listeners with your voice where we uh, welcome our guest. How's it oh, going, man? Eric, too kind. Very, very generous always bring me in. Nothing's new, dude. Still alive, still kicking. Good to see your face. Um, we're kind of ready to rock and roll. We feel recharged and got some fun quarterback stuff, some fun topics to dive into, so... Looking forward to it. We've got a fun guest, too. So, Yeah, no doubt about it. We are fresh off of about a week, a little under a week from the NIL announcement. And who better to chop it up with? Who better to bring on than former Rice Owl? Of course, we are the QB Spotlight Podcast. I want to bring on a gunslinger, signal caller, Taylor McGard. If you know that uh, he is a two-year start at Rice, threw for just a shade over 6,000 yards, 43 touchdowns. No need to mention the picks. Those didn't happen. 43 touchdowns are all that counts. Of course, we want to. But make sure we uh, shout out his credentials and impressive resumes. Welcome to the podcast. Taylor, how's it going, my man? It's good, guys. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I know Steve, this is a guest that we've uh, absolutely wanted to have on for a while here. So, uh, hey, Steve, uh, uh, go ahead, go, man. Go for it. You, you have those rushing numbers? T- Taylor could run a little bit, too. He was a good athlete. Let's give him some credit now. He was a good little good athlete, too. So Yeah, yeah, just uh, another, just a shade over 1,400 yards on the ground and 17 ah, scores. So, got to make sure it's a true dual threat, all right? Running for my life. <laughs> hey, Eric, this is actually – so, we're a quarterback, mainly a G5 quarterback podcast and Taylor's only the second group of five quarterback we've ever had on the on the show so maybe we need to do a better job at that but we're, we're happy to have a good second one on the show so James Morgan <laughs> was the first Taylor's the second so Taylor, Taylor I'll, I'll bring you in behind the curtain here of the QB Spotlight podcast whenever we have guests on especially quarterbacks I mean you're the second but anytime we have a guest on uh, Steve can't run from the title of journalist, you know, quick enough. You know, I, I covered James for two years. He's like, hey, James, what you know, I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist. I'm just a quarterback. Okay. Like, I just want to, like, all right. All right, Steve. I, I got it, man. No shade taken. Just you know, singe my face over here, but it's, it's okay, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's funny you, you talk about like group of five guys. I, I'm actually next week, I'm going back to the Manning camp for the first time since I was, since I played. And, at that camp always reminds me of when you got down there, all the group of five guys would stick together because you'd look around and be like, who's from the Sun Belt? Who's from Conference USA? These are my boys. Okay, I know you have played against you. Um, but, you know, it's a – I love that you guys do this because I don't – there's some really good football that gets played in the group of five. Uh, and, and not just – I feel like the American gets a lot of the, the love for the group of five. But – look back at this past season with like the Sun Belt. I mean, there's a lot of really good football that gets played at the group of five level and a lot of really good quarterback play. So love that you guys have this and, and thanks again for having me on. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pumped to have you. So it's going to be a fun episode. So Steve, want to go ahead and, you know, kick it off with the NIL conversation. Now, this is one that, you know, you and I got talked about over the past couple of weeks and the news has come out with NIL and we've seen some deals, you know, happen as of late. So Steve, I want to grab your opening thoughts before we, uh, toss around the horn here, you know, as, as a former gunslinger, former quarterback yourself, I mean, you know, the level that you and I played, we weren't yeah. quite handing out NIL deals, but uh, what are your thoughts so far on, uh, on what you've seen? 
we would have maybe got like 5% off like a burrito place if the guy was like a big booster or a former player or something. Uh, I probably got more off in high school than I would have gotten in college. But um, no, man, I think it's great. Obviously a long time coming. It's just, I think it's just now it's, it's fair, right? And, and now they can, uh, athletes, female and males can find a way to uh, financially increase the, their, their value. Um, so I know a lot has been talked about football and the football NIL. And, and I think that's a, you know, that's, that's a good combo that's what we're here for. But I think it's cool for just like female athletes in general, the, the non-revenue sports, uh, just to use my wife for an example, uh, she played soccer at UTSA, obviously not a lot of fans come in, but you have a lot of like, uh, you have a lot of younger females that are fans you have a lot of like um uh like club teams that are fans who you know girls like that and she she was the best player on the team for two years like top five in scoring so someone in that position a female athlete that has like a, a select niche they would have been able to to get something and add some value whether it's like sponsorships from the club team sponsorships from whatever it may be so i think it's just cool that yeah the football gets a lot of love and that's what we hear and that's what we talk about but all sports have a way they all have a niche whether it's like swimming whatever it may be is a niche for someone to to get some value there in college i think i think it's just a cool and kind of a long awaited uh, benefit for those athletes. Uh, Taylor, I'll kick it over to you. What are your thoughts before I jump in here? Uh, I'll chime in after you. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Long time coming. And a lot of the focus, and, and rightfully so, I mean, a lot of the focus is being put on the Spencer Rattlers of the world, right? And the what ifs with the Johnny Manziels and Tim Tebow's of the world. But I totally agree that this really impacts kids at all levels because it's not just the best players on the field or the court or whatever the sport is male female whatever look at the, the I don't have I don't remember her name off the top of my head but the female gymnast at LSU I'm sure she's a phenomenal gymnast but she's got a massive TikTok and Instagram following and you're going to see athletes that maybe they are or, or they're not a, a dominant player in their sport but they're they're charismatic. They have something else going for them off the field. I think back to the kicker from UCF years ago that had the kicking videos. He was a good kicker, but it wasn't like he was going to be a, a drafted kicker, more than likely. Um, there are ways that you can monetize this that don't necessarily have anything to do with your sport. And I think that's the biggest thing is your scholarship, you know, for the longest time until you know, July 1st, your scholarship was the, the cap on your market value, which was ridiculous. It was archaic. It was it should have been reversed a long, long time ago. And you'll see there will be some eye-popping deals. I think I'm really excited and intrigued for the first Nike athlete that's or the first, you know, fill in the blank Wheaties athlete. It's some eye-popping number with a brand we've heard of where you're like, wow, that is a there's no rush now to get to the NFL or the NBA for, for some of these kids because they're living the life in college making hundreds of thousands. And in some cases, I think you're going to see some, some million-dollar athletes in college. So it's a long time coming and um, just trying to figure out if there's a class action lawsuit I can jump on to get something I may or may not be owed. But no, I think it's great. No doubt about that. I was going to jump in here and give my two cents. I'm uh, going to piggyback first off with you said, Steve. I do think in terms of, you know, I don't want to say leveling the playing field per se, but, you know, and all of us have been around college athletics in some form or fashion one way or another. We know that, you know, there are certain inequities that come with playing you know, football and men's basketball than playing a women's sport, right? So this is a way 
to kind of even the playing field a bit because as Taylor mentioned, if you are, you know, the gymnast from LSU or if you're like the gymnast from UCLA, Caitlin, uh, um, Caitlin Ohashi, I almost uh, mispronounced her name there. Or if you guys are familiar with the Cavender twins who mm-hmm. signed one of the first deals for NIL on July 1st, there are two guards, pair of twins from, for our sisters, excuse me, from Fresno State. They're more than qualified in there in the game. You know, they're all conference over there in the, in the, uh, in the WAC. Uh, hopefully members of Greg Fresno's in the, no, Mountain West. I don't want to upset any WAC fans. I, I said WAC last time, upset people, the Mountain West. But they're all conference performers. But none of us had heard of the Cavender girls until early this week. And they just signed a deal that's going to potentially quadruple the amount that their own head coach makes. They signed a deal with Boost Mobile in addition to two other um, companies as well. So from the women's POV, and Steve, yes, we've only been doing this podcast for two years, and Lindsay Hamner just got a shout out, so I'm sure she'll appreciate that. But um, <laughs> no, um, uh, it, it does level the playing field. So, but I want to ask Taylor this because this is something that I, I find interesting. And you mentioned Taylor Donald Delahaye was the former UCF kicker who uh, you know had those YouTube videos and whatnot. Something I'm finding interesting is I think this is going to be a test case in learning your market value because I see some kids, some G5 kids, who you know they're the third string left tackle. They're like, hey, I'm now open for anything sponsoring. It's like, yeah. the market isn't necessarily there, right? right. <laughs> you know, um, you want to quiet tell them like, hey, you know, <laughs> your market might not be what you think it is. It's not just, you know, you come in and, and you'll get a deal. But um, Taylor, I, I promise there's a question here. It's not just me ranting. My, my question for you is this. How many athletes when you were at Rice, you know, and, and obviously Rice is, is, is a great academic school. So maybe this isn't the great test case here, right? But in terms of truly understanding that this is something that they could use to leverage themselves, not for a pro career necessarily, right? Because X percent of people are going to go pro, but you can leverage your NIL into if you're in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and you know you started for a handful of years at Western Kentucky, you develop a little brand name for yourself and you can set yourself up for the next 15, 20 years in whatever field of choice that you have. Yeah, I, I, again, I think it goes back to it's not just the superstars on the field. You ask about my time at Rice. We had a guy, some people will remember, Sam McGuffey. He was a, a he was the YouTube sensation right when YouTube was getting started. Went to Michigan, transferred back to Rice and was from Houston. And he was a big name in Houston. Everybody knew who Sam McGuffey was. I got to imagine at that time, he would have been sponsored or had some sort of deal with YouTube because he was known as YouTube star. He was also a, a great football player, spent some time in the NFL and then ended up being a, 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 on the bobsled team for Team USA. Um, we didn't have a ton, it's rights, right? We, we had a handful of guys get drafted, but you know, Vance McDonald tied in, uh, Luke Wilson tied in, maybe one of those guys. I was a, I was a four year starter, maybe, a four-year starter at quarterback at Rice, maybe I, I sneak into a radio ad on a car commercial. I mean, I mean, something small, right? I'm not getting – Adidas isn't knocking down my door saying, hey, we want to give you a million-dollar deal to, to rep our shoes. But we had other kids on our team that had talents off the field that being a Rice athlete, being a, a, a true student athlete, whatever that means, we had guys – Think of a, a Gabe Baker, who's now a musician in Nashville, plays the cello, speaks Mandarin. He goes on and is on a couple different shows and is now on these singing shows and is in Nashville. I got to imagine he would have made money in college. We have Calvin Anderson, 
who can do the Rubik's Cube behind his back. Now he's a tackle. He transferred to Texas and now he's a tackle for the Broncos. He's sponsored by Rubik's Cube now. He's the only, I believe he's still the only athlete in the United States sponsored by Rubik's Cube. Well, that would have been the case when he was at Rice, right? So these are things that you don't necessarily think of. It's not just Trevor Lawrence. It's not just Zion Williamson. There's, there's all these different ways to make money. And a lot of it now is through apps. It's through TikTok posts. It's, it's Instagram. And we, we would have absolutely had kids. Same as you take, you said Bowling Green, take ULL, take small market towns in group of five. All it takes is for a kid there. You know, I did a game this past fall. Actually, I'm sorry, it was this spring for, the, for um, Sam Houston State. They had a kid on their team that didn't travel. He wasn't even on the travel roster, and I don't have his name off the top of my hand, but he had a quarter million TikTok followers. Hmm. Guess what? He's making more money now than probably anybody else on Sam Houston's team, and it has nothing to do with football. So – I think that's where it makes a lot of sense and it just it took way too long to get here but i'm glad we're here um, it's funny or steve did you want to chime in really quick or I'll go ahead go ahead yeah uh, steve i'm gonna to come to you in a second with just one pitfall uh, potential pitfall i want to get your thoughts on taylor as well and then we're we'll uh, transition to the quarterbacks but it's funny you mentioned that taylor uh, i cover a kid at fiu jackson mcdonald who he's a you know fifth string tight end backup long snapper doesn't make the travel roster, but he also has like massive TikTok following. I don't have the number off the top of my head, but I had a couple of beat writers from other schools say that kid, Jackson McDonald, is he even playing? I'm like, oh, he's, he's red shirt. He's preferred walk on, but he's got a hell of a TikTok following. Yeah. And while that, you know, sounds funny to say now with these legislation, <laughs> legislation straight that one out, he can now monetize that and do something for himself. And that's great. Um, Steve, here's a potential pitfall. And, I, and I'm, you know, this may sound funny, but I'm, I'm only saying it because, A, uh, it's been written about, and B, I've had it mentioned to me, brought to me by a, a couple of athletes um, from various schools since the, the legislation has come out. But I, I do think you will have to have some sort of – schools are going to have to – you know, Taylor, you know this. This is going to fall in the lap of the compliance guy or the compliance person. And they're not equipped to handle NIL for every student athlete on campus, you know, or, or for their respective sport. Schools are going to need to hire someone to handle NIL. The reason I mention that is where's the line in terms of what you're willing to accept a dollar for to sponsor? Yeah. If you're in Bowling Green, Kentucky, or you're in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, you might not have that issue. But if you live in Miami or you're in UNLV or you're in Tampa, you know, I, like I said, I've, I've had athletes come to me and, and ask, you know, in effort of full transparency of an athlete come to me, uh, I won't name the athlete, said, you know, hey, what would stop me from opening up an OnlyFans page? And to be honest, I didn't have a good answer for them. Right. <laughs> That's the only answer, I mean, not that I'm, I'm qualified to answer, but the one thing I said is, hey, you might want to check with, you know, your SID or, or, you know, whoever can answer that for you. Because if you'd asked me that question two weeks ago, I could have said, well, you can't get paid. But I don't have a good answer for that athlete now. And, and I, I use that as an example just to get your guys' attention, but I think that's something you may have to kind of rein in because it, it's only a matter of time before, you know, if you go to UCF and, you know, Knight Library, the club is saying, hey, uh, we'll pay you X amount to sponsor us or, you know, whatever establishment. So, Steve, really quick, want to get your thoughts on that, and then I'll finish it with Taylor and we'll uh, – Yeah, as far as – as far as like the compliance stuff and what happens like academically and with the school, 
probably over my head, but I think it's I, I think it's a good thing for the kids to learn early. Hey, maybe it's okay to spend some of this money to call a lawyer to see what you can and what you can't legally do. You know, I've, I've heard the argument like, now now they have to pay taxes. Well, why is that bad? They're still going to make more money than what they would. They they're going to make more money uh, with paying taxes than what they would have made made if they didn't weren't able to have this and taxes are part of just the real world. So I would say hire a lawyer, use some of that money to hire a lawyer and just make sure you have everything legally correct and make sure you have a good advisor. Don't just listen to, you know, your buddy and don't just try to make a quick buck. But again, I think it's good to give the kids responsibilities, uh, the young kids responsibilities that can learn and continue to grow. That's just part of it. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. To me, this whole situation as good as I think it, it is and will become, it's it's a lot like changing a tire on a moving car. We're, we're trying to figure this stuff out as we go. So I don't think we have the answers. I don't think the NCAA has the answers. I don't think Nick Saban and his staff that has poured countless hours and resources into this has all the answers to this. And we won't for a while. It's gonna have to, it's a, it's a totally new landscape and, we're, and it's gonna take a while to shake out. I think it's gonna be different for private institutions than public. I think for I, I'll use Rice again as a public school. If we if if we had an athlete that said, "Hey, I want to be sponsored by a club," and the university says, "No, you're not, because you're a representative of our university, and that's not what we want to. It's not the brand that we want to be associated with Rice." Well, they have the power to do that, and they can revoke your scholarship. I don't know how that applies to a state university. I don't know if it's different. Um, but you're right, it's going to be interesting to see who's the first athlete that goes out there and is represented by a brand that you turn your head at and say, well, <laughs> is that going to fly at that university? Um, I think you also got to factor in, you got to give guidance to these kids on taxes now. You got to give guidance to these kids on contract review and negotiation. Are you going to hire an in-house counsel to review all this for these kids? Or are you going to pull an attorney that's already on the in-house counsel for the university to review this stuff for them? It's all questions that are up in the air right now. And I don't think anybody knows the answer to it just yet. I think, unfortunately, there will probably be some pitfalls. There will be some kids that commit to things that they shouldn't have, that signed deals that they shouldn't have, that um, it, it's just bound to happen that those bad contracts are out there. We've seen some of the language that turns over exclusive rights to all content related to X, Y, Z. Um, again, I don't think we know the full ramifications yet. I think for the most part, it will be good, but like anything, especially involving money, there will be pitfalls and issues that, that come from it. And it's just too soon to tell with some of that stuff, I think. Yeah, you know, to kind of put a cap on that, uh, I know it's kind of a jarring example, but I felt it was important to hear, you know, kind of the other side so people who are listening to this can, you know, if you are a student athlete, you do hear this, make smart decisions. Uh, yes, you know, it, it, I'm sure there'll be some lucrative deals that will come your way, but you got to play the long game here. So, you know, by all means, it's a free market, but, you know, get, get some good advice before you take a deal. I think that's what, you know, we'd emphasize there as we transition to some football here, you know, uh, G5 quarterbacks and which guys they have the most potential in terms of the NIL landscape. Uh, Steve, before I toss a couple names, I know you want to ask Taylor a, a question as far as, you know, um, what might've been realistic for him, you know, and what's realistic for, for a quarterback in, in his shoes in 2021, maybe not necessarily for him coming out in, you know, the early to 2010s, but, uh, you know, if you're the Rice quarterback, if you're the UTEP quarterback, so I'll let you uh, toss it this way, Steve. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting, Taylor, just to get your point of view from, obviously when you at Rice say you were a, 
going to be a starting quarterback in 2021. You've been starting for X amount of years. Put up all these numbers and yards. Obviously, not a, not a huge school, but still, you know, y'all are good there. You went to several bowl games, right, when you were there? Yeah, two when I was there and then another after I left. And, and we, we did win Conference USA in 2013, which right. was – you, you had some – even though it's not a big school, you had some success. Yeah. You, you were, I'll say, the best quarterback in Rice history. I'll take – I'll say it. You don't have to say it. I'll say it. And so, um, and so you know, there was success there. So what would – think – what would be a realistic thing for you to shoot for? What would be some ideas you would want to do to capitalize off the, the new NIL uh, – Thing that just got passed and then also what would be realistic for a quarterback that's in your position now who's at like a middle Tennessee State or a Marshall or someone like that who's been starting for a few years and is the face of a, a small g5 football school yeah I think the biggest thing for a lot of these kids I mean you got to be you right you don't try to be something you're not and create this persona so that you can try and get clicks and likes so that you can get different opportunities because anything that's fake people are going to see right through I did not have, I had a Twitter like my senior year and then I got rid of it. I, I, I didn't use it that much. And honestly, I got rid of it because every year that the NCAA game would come out, I'd have like 50 middle school kids tweet at me and be like, you're terrible in this game. So that was the, I got tired of the harassment on, on Twitter, but I didn't have Instagram. I wasn't active on any sort of social media, but I think now if I had looked back on it, and this was the case, you know, if I was coming in a, a four-year starter role, I'm coming into my senior year, yeah, heck yeah, I'd be posting stuff regularly because if you get any sort of following, especially in a city like Houston, maybe there's an opportunity. I mean, again, it's Rice, right? I lived it with guys that went and had great careers in the NFL. There's not going to be a ton of opportunities. There's not going to be a line outside the stadium for your autograph. It's just not the case there. Um, but I do think it's a major market and opportunities to do ads are endless, e even in a, at a place like Rice. In a, in a city like Houston, you've got car dealerships, you've got lawn care providers, you've got all sorts of stuff that they'll pay you maybe a, a 500 bucks, a grand, whatever, to do an ad read and that's it. I think those opportunities would have been there. And then who knows beyond that, um, but I think the biggest thing for advice for kids now is be you don't this gets passed and you're like, well, shoot, now I got to, I better be a TikTok star. It's like, well, if that's not you definitely don't do that because the worst thing you can come across is corny. So um, I think there would have been opportunities even for me at, at a place like rice. And I think there's really opportunities even more. So you mentioned middle Tennessee in some of these little college towns where the, the only thing there is the school I think that's a huge, if you're a, a superstar on any one of the teams, male, female, revenue, non-revenue, if you're a, a big deal on campus, if you're a big fish in a small pond, you can make money on that. And I think that's important. Yeah. That's good. Steve, want to, you know, I ask you this real quick because I know you want to transition to some of the G5 guys with a lot of potential here. Uh, who are some of the guys that, that you look at in terms of, you know, the NIL and, and, and whatnot? You know, it's funny. I'll just add this really quick before you answer. I know Taylor was talking about guys who, you know, maybe, you know, to capitalize. And we think of UCF now in terms of their quote unquote, you know, national championship and the brand uh, that they are now. But you go back to when I graduated UCF in 2015 and specificity 2013. I just think about the money that a, a hometown kid like Blake Bortles, you know, went to high school three and a half miles up the road from the stadium. You know, what type of impact he would have had. I mean, there are just countless amount of guys who, 
as Taylor mentioned, you know, they're the big fish in a small pond, but they may be from that small pond. Yeah. And that can set them up for 15, 20 years going on. So that's just something that crossed my mind. But uh, as I said, you know, quarterbacks currently who may have some earnings potentials, where some guys come to mind for you, Steve? Yeah, I think G5, I think we'll probably all agree, you know, Carson Strong from Nevada, probably Hank Bachmeyer from Boise State, Dylan Gabriel, UCF, and Desmond Ritter from Cincy. Those are probably your top G5 quarterbacks. If you want to throw Malik Willis from Liberty, even though he's independent, but we usually go ahead and throw him in there, and I think he's got some value as well. Those are probably your top guys uh, that could be your highest earning. Uh, guys that made like a Nick Starkle from San Jose State and um, – Guys that are just like popular that, that have potential, and then guys that are, are, are some of your better quarterbacks as well. So those are probably your top five or six guys. Um, am I missing anyone, Taylor? Do you think of anyone else top of your head? Like, man, I'm sitting here, and I don't mean to make this a, uh, a Rice football homer podcast, but Luke McCaffrey just transferred to Rice. What's to say? You talk about a big time deal. What's to say the McCaffrey brothers can't do a, a deal now? Very smart. Yeah. Right. And he's piggybacking. I mean, he, right. He's, he's a big time recruit, but he's not Christian, right. He hasn't accomplished near, near what Christian has, but what's to say he can't sign a major endorsement deal, especially at a place like Rice in a city like Houston. I think there's, there's chances for him. I think about uh, Grant Wells. Yeah. Marshall loves it's football. I know you guys know that. Yeah. And he should be, and he's got to bounce back from the end of his last season, but he should be a four-year starter for them. And he could have a ton of popularity in West Virginia and for Marshall. I, I think about him. You named most of the big ones. Um, and especially, you know, Dylan Gabriel and UCF doesn't even feel like a group of five. It feels so like such a departure from yeah. even a Nevada or even, you know, even now Boise State. I mean, Boise State's been relevant for a long time, but UCF feels like its own monster in the group of five world. Dylan Gabriel will have a ton of opportunities. Desmond Ritter should have a ton of opportunities. He's really likable. Um, so I think you, you hit the nail on the head with a lot of those guys. Yeah, I'll just jump in and add this name. Grayson McCall. You know, I had a chance to cover the, uh, the Cure Bowl. I don't know why. It is the, it's always Taylor the last game of the year that I cover that I can never remember the name. It's always the bowl game each year. <laughs> the last one that I'm like, what game was that again? The Cure Bowl in Orlando. But if you watch that – Coastal Carolina fan base. They love him. Yeah. He's got kind of that, you know, that swagger, kind of that mullet kind of deal going on. So I think he's a guy who could have some potential as well. But before we wrap this one up, definitely want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Taylor, what quarterbacks are you most interested in seeing play this year from games that may be on the dock for you? I, I think it's a little early for you to have a schedule yet that you're covering, or do you, do you have an inkling yet? Might be early. Got some, yeah, I've got some of mine laid out. Um, I, I'm going to refresh a couple names already, but I said Grant Wells. I'm looking forward to seeing him bounce back because I didn't have the game. It was in, it was in West Virginia. Rice went up to Marshall when Marshall was ranked and undefeated at the time and beat them his first ranked win for Rice in forever. And from that game on, he really did not have a very good last. I think it was like three or four games of the season. I'm looking forward to seeing him bounce back. Um, he's got, he's got all the potential in the world. Uh, and was playing such good football at the start of the season. I'm not sure what was going on and, and how um, he's he should have a fantastic career. He's got another three years, um, and I'm just looking forward to seeing him bounce back. And then another one, Frank Harris at UTSA. 
he was hurt for a lot of last season, but he's a big physical dude. He's got a rocket arm, and their coaching staff loves him and, and think the world of him. Looking forward to seeing him play. And then I swear it's the last thing I'm going to say about Rice, but Rice has an interesting QB room right now. And Luke McCaffrey's the big name that's, uh, that's jumped in the mix. Interested to see how uh, Coach Bloomgren and his staff uses him. If he's going to be the starter, we'll see what ends up happening. But those three guys, I, I know I'll see at least in some capacity this season and, and looking forward to covering them. All good names. Steve, you know, really quick before you jump in and give your, your thoughts, I, I do have to say this. Uh, FIU was off that week, the Rice-Marshall game, and I had a chance to watch that one in its entirety. Grant Wells might have gotten cooled down for the 20 minutes that Mike Bloomgren spent on the field challenging that uh, pass interference. It is one of the most surreal moments of the 2020 CSA season. And he was right. Don't get me wrong. He was right. But Mike Bloomgren was not leaving the field at uh, Jones Edwards Stadium until a flag was thrown. It was the latest flag in the year of college football. Mm. But I'll just throw that out there. Steve, who you got? No, I, I think just a, kind of a few names I'm looking forward to this season developed. Is Michael Pratt from Tulane, who we've talked about some. Great freshman year from Boca Raton. My old neck of the woods kind of in Florida. Now I'm Texas and Florida back and bouncing back. Um, and I, I like Trey Lowe from uh, Southern Miss. Had that good last game. I, I'm excited for him for the simple fact this is his first year he's not playing baseball and, and he has a full offseason in football. So I think he has some uh, potential development in the quarterback position. So those are probably two guys. And again, comfort, uh, one Conference USA, one American guy I'm looking forward to. Uh, just kind of watch them play and continue to develop uh, Trey Lowe and uh, Michael Pratt. I had I had Frank Harris as well. He's shown some good things. If he like Taylor said, if he stays healthy all year, uh, UTSA could make another another run uh, in Conference USA. Steve, you know me. I am a Conference USA homer, so I'm going to keep it here and see USA. Uh, like Taylor mentioned, definitely interested to see what happens at Rice because that program has really been a quarterback away from at least 500 or better over the past two years. And you know, Mike Bloomgren, this is year four. Remember, serves me correct of the rebuild. It's going to be interesting to see how things play out there. So, you know, these are my words. I'm going to make sure that Taylor, this is not his opinion. It's going to be my words to see how things play out uh, with this year. Go down the road to UTEP. Gavin Hardison, he's a guy who has all the weapons in the world. Justin Garrett, Jacob Cowing, two really good receivers at UTEP. They have to turn the corner as well. Dana Dimmo also looking to, you know, at a potentially contract extension um, in his rebuilding efforts. So definitely want to keep an eye on that. And definitely want to go to Middle Tennessee State. Bailey Hockman. Mm-hmm. former Florida State Seminole, former NC State Wolfpack star, started last year for NC State. They're making a real shift, and Steve, you and I will talk about this, you know, later on in, in the season, a shift away from kind of the kamikaze style of quarterback that Ash O'Hara was, a good quarterback, but certainly, you know, kind of freestyle football out there as to getting away from that to more of a traditional, you know, drop back passer in Bailey Hockman. So definitely be interested to see how that plays out. You know, Steve, I, I know we're getting ready to wind this one down, so I'll pass around. Any final thoughts? Man, that was fun. We're going to have to tailor back on the show for sure. 100%. I know. I, I definitely will look to pick his brain, especially, you know, I, I've got – Steve, you know this. I could do 20 minutes on Rice football, specifically the quarterback situation over the past three years, you know. So, I, I you know, Taylor, really quick. we got about five minutes left before we uh, close this one up. Um, let's, let's keep it there at Rice. Mike Collins. Were you, do you have any insight on what the situation was? Did you just decide just, you know, to graduate and move on? Because I was surprised. I actually thought that uh, he would have been back given the eligibility rules, and he certainly had an excellent year, really kind of stabilized the quarterback position for Rice last year. Yeah, had an undisclosed injury. They, they wouldn't tell any of us. Um, kept it in-house. I think that was per him and his family's request. 
I, you don't want to speculate, but if it's any time that it sounds like that and he's walking around fine, you, you wonder if he had some sort of head injury that they didn't disclose. And then he, he walked away, said, I'm done. Had the ability to come back, but said, I'm done. Um, he was good. I mean, I thought he had, after the first game, really the first half of the first game, they cut him loose. And Coach Bloomgren, Mike Bloomgren's style when he first got to Rice, that ground and pound, too tight end, they still feature some of that, but they've opened it up quite a bit. It's not nearly as Stanford-esque as when he first got there. Uh, figured out, you know, if, especially in his first couple of years, that's a hard offense to run at a place like Rice because you're dependent on the big guys. And a lot of times it's really difficult. The, the offensive lineman you get at a Stanford versus a Rice, it's just a different scheme. So interested to see what plays out for them this season and like everybody else, along for the ride in this QB room. And um, they have all the potential in the world. They've got, they've got almost all their production coming back. So um, would love to see them get back. They haven't been to a bowl game since 2014. So would love to see them get back above 500. Absolutely. Had to go and get the insight there on the Rice quarterback room while we had you on the line. But we're going to get ready and close this one up. Just want to thank everyone for listening. It's almost football season, so I get to close with a happy football watching. But with that, you can find us on Twitter at QB Spotlight. You can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore or my work at Underdog Dynasty. You can find Steve on Twitter at QB Spotlight and, of course, Steve Hamner. And you can find Taylor on Twitter at T McArk. That's M-C-H-A-R-G-U-E-16. Find him on Twitter with all his football analysis and when he's spending his uh, Independence Day in Mexico. Just caught that. So can't beat that right there. Thank you for listening. You can find the podcast on Twitter, just punching QB Spotlight. Excuse me, find the podcast on YouTube, just punching QB Spotlight. And of course, podcast.apple.com, QB Spotlight as well. And Steve, last but not least, where else can you find this podcast? You can also check us out on, on Draft Diamonds. Uh, their Twitter handle is Draft Diamonds or NFLDraftDiamonds.com. They do a great job kind of highlighting uh, under the radar prospects for the next level. And they uh, are our sponsor of our stuff and they, they put us out. So go check them out. They do a good job and they uh, have a lot of good content every day. No doubt about it. And we will be back weekly. We are back from hiatus, back and better than ever. So it's almost football season. I'm sure you guys are all gearing up watching old games, getting ready for 2021. Happy football watching and take care. Of